Thanks for tuning to Digital Voices Podcast, where we chat digital transformation, challenges and opportunities across healthcare and life sciences. And now, your host, Ed Marks. Welcome to another drop of Digital Voices. My name is Ed, and I'm so happy to have you with us again because it's so much fun. We have such of the brightest people in the industry who join us. And this drop is no different than my friend, Kristen Myers, who's the Chief Information Officer, Digital and Technology Partners at Mount Sinai Health System. Kristen, welcome to Digital Voices. Thanks, Ed. Great to be here. Yeah, I've been wanting you on uh, for for a long, long time, but I know you're super, super busy. So uh, we finally have you, and I know our audience is uh, as thrilled as I am. But before we get into it, already detected an accent. So I'm going to ask DJ Megan, have you ever been to Australia or is it on your bucket list? I've never been. I would love to go. Definitely a bucket list destination. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I've had the opportunity to go once or twice, and uh, I think we might hear a little bit more about that. So, Kristen, you and I, I was trying to think when we first met, I think in person, definitely when I came to New York City in 2015. But I, I think we interacted before then, but that maybe be maybe the first time in person. Yeah, first time in person was, um, you know, when you were overseeing the entire technology team and Epic implementation at uh, – yeah. H&H is when we met in person and, yeah. you know, you've always been an amazing uh, mentor and uh, provided guidance. So it's it was great to meet you in person for the first time. But, you know, as you said, uh, we had uh, talked a number of times on the phone. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still remember because, you know, I was new to the city and I was so glad, you know, you connect with someone who actually lived here. And then I remember getting lost, though. I came early because I knew it was going to be hard to find the place. And sure enough, I got lost. I was probably a couple minutes late. But uh, we had a great, great dinner. We have so much uh, in common. And, and I'm glad we've been able to keep our friendship over the years. So tell us a little bit about your playlist. Like, what kind of music do you like to listen uh, to? I like everything, but anything David Bowie. So Diamond Dogs, Starman. Um, or dance music like David Getter, um, you know, I'm Good is a great song. So I like I like all kinds of music. Do you, not to be stereotypical, but just curious, like do you follow any specific bands that may have come out of Australia? Um, no, actually. <laughs> I don't. I was into a couple bands like a long time ago, like this is before your, your era, uh, it was uh, Split Ends. Oh, yeah. And, yep. mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then they, David Finn or whoever the leaders were, they then launched another band that was pretty popular. Can't remember the name of them. But anyways, I, they had a great sound. Uh, and uh, so I've always uh, always connected them. And, of course, uh, the other one, again, about that same era, maybe a couple years later, was uh, uh, Men at Work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look, they used to have a show actually called Countdown that we used to watch religiously um, on a Saturday and Sunday and split ends, crowded house, minute work, yeah. you know, they were all, all on the, on that show playing live. It was, it was amazing. But um, no, I have not kept up with the Australian music scene uh, since I've been here. Yeah. I haven't either. I mean, cause those bands, you know, <laughs> date me a little bit, uh, but crowded house, that was the other yeah. one I was looking for. There was some, some of the people between split ends and crowded house were, were the same. And anyways, I, I, I just love the music uh, back in the day. So what about a life uh, mission or quote or passion, something that sort of guides you? Is there 
do you have words that you sort of live by? Yeah, I think, you know, stay agile, um, you know, as a mindset and a work style. So I think we all know the pace of change has just been accelerating, especially with COVID. And, you know, we as individuals have to, you know, be agile and so do our organizations. So you have to adapt and flex, respond, embrace change. And, you know, as as a mother also, um, these are things that I need to do every single day as well. So not just as a CIO. Yeah, no, that's a good word, actually. Yeah, if you're not agile, you have a tough time in life and at work. That's for yes. sure. Well, we sort of gave a little bit away, but can you share with us your kind of your story? Like, where did you start? And uh, how did, you know, all the way up to present day, and you can go personal, professional, however you, however you want to share. Sure. So I grew up in a small town, about 100,000, uh, called Toowoomba in Queensland, Australia, and uh, went to university, was going to be a lawyer. Uh, so I did a dual degree, uh, five years, um, law degree and a technology degree. And, you know, I chose technology because I thought it would be great to have a second degree, um, you know, as I became a a lawyer. And uh, ultimately, when I finished the degree, decided that uh, I really wanted to follow the technology track. So, you know, one of my first jobs was Cerner Corporation. So I moved to Sydney and uh, was an interface analyst, actually. That's how I started out. And I got recruited after a few years um, by Capgemini Ernst & Young. And they brought me to New York, um, which was amazing. And, um, you know, actually my first client was Mount Sinai. Um, and at the time, Mount Sinai and NYU were one organization. And I thought I'd be here for a year. Um, and uh, here I am still today. But, uh, you know, I worked at Capgemini for about three years. And um, that's when Mount Sinai and NYU actually had the demerger. And so I was consulting at NYU when the opportunity came up at Mount Sinai um, for an IT director in 2004. Uh, so I joined the organization. I really wanted to drive change um, and have my own department. I think as a consultant, Um, you know, one of the challenges I had was, you know, giving recommendations and, you know, not them not necessarily being followed up by the organization. And then you're moving from site to site. So really wanted to own that experience and the decision making and drive change in an organization. And, you know, I was very lucky. I joined at the right time. Um, You know, we started a system selection pretty much straight away for ambulatory care. And, you know, we were able to engage Epic. Uh, We signed a contract with Epic at the end of 2004, early 2005. And, you know, I was able to lead that transformation over the years. So in 2006, became a senior director um, overseeing that Epic clinical transformation. And then 2010, was promoted to a vice president. And, um, you know, as a vice president, you know, not only the Epic transformation, but also setting up a program management office uh, for the technology department, uh, leading the technology merger um, also between Mount Sinai and Continuum Health Partners. And I also was the leader for the entire health system, not just for technology, for ICD-10 back then. And then in 2017, became senior vice president and oversaw the entire application portfolio. And, you know, 2020, 
you know, was promoted to CIO and Dean um, for uh, technology. And then, you know, with the success of, you know, the work we're doing in digital and, you know, the roadmap um, that we created in the last two years, I actually recently became the Chief Digital and Information Officer uh, this year, which is exciting. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I, I do want to dig a little deeper in that because you're one of the rare people who have grown a career. You've been there almost 20 years now and you grew that career uh, internally and very successfully, as you just described. So I think uh, people who might be like mid-career listening, you know, they'll be very, very interested um, on that. And then, yeah, I, I had forgotten the history about NYU and then Continuum, acquiring Continuum. And, yeah, <laughs> it's very, very that you can trade. So one, t- tell me just one big change in those 19 years. Like I, I know there's tons of yes. them, but if you pick like one, one big one, what in your 19 years there so far, you know, what, what would that be? Yeah, that's hard. Uh, you know, I would say probably organizational culture um, evolving um, through time and, you know, culture is the heart of the organization. And what I've seen at Mount Sinai, which I'm really proud of is you know, a change towards, you know, a more diverse and innovative culture. And, you know, we've made a lot of strides in diversity and equity and inclusion. And, you know, we have a very open and public support for anti-racism. And, you know, we have expanded um, a lot of DEI initiatives externally and internally. And, you know, I think the promotion also of innovation, um, leveraging new technologies and new ways of working and encouraging ideas, it's prevalent across the organization. And, you know, we've really embraced, I think, diversity and innovation and really it increases the success um, of our initiatives and improves our employee satisfaction and engagement. And ultimately, it's a better place to work for everyone. So I think that that's been a shift. Obviously, COVID-19 was a major shift with the hybrid workplace. And then, you know, the mergers, the demerger with NYU and then the merger, you know, with Continuum Health Partners um, has been, um, you know, major. But, you know, again, I always go back to culture um, because, you know, that really defines the team. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I can put an exclamation point on what you were sharing about sort of the, the diversity portion, you know, my, my then nephew was sort of struggling as he was, uh, and now she, uh, my niece kind of struggling through, you know, making sure she was getting the right care as she transitioned and she found a safe place, a good place in Mount Sinai. Um, I'm so so happy to hear that. You were amongst the first in this, in, in the country, um, to really create, a special, uh, a, you know, what am I trying to say? A, you know, for the unique uniqueness, uh, you created a special uh, division department. Um, and so it was very welcoming to that community. So, so exclamation point and bravo, you know, for, for, for all the work that, that you all have done. So, uh, you, we just talked about your growth internally. Was that intentional or providence? So did you like think this through and it's like, you know, sort of stair-stepped your way by doing great work or, or did it just happen? You know, again, for the listener, Kristen, when you answer, you know, think about someone who might be a manager or director today who wants to be like you and, you know, an awesome leader in a fine organization. I think it's a bit of both. You know, I've worked extremely hard uh, throughout my career and, you know, developing strategies, executing successfully, 
fostering relationships and building them within the organization and, you know, managing and leading teams and then driving results. And, you know, I think, you know, what's important is, you know, just making sure that people are aware of the work that you're doing. Sometimes you can get so involved in your work that, you know, your head's down and you're not necessarily, you know, I know people want to be humble and, you know, so do I, um, but you also have to let people know, you know, what you're achieving um, because, you know, sometimes they don't know um, what is, you know, what's happening and, you know, the achievements that are occurring. So just making sure that, you know, you're communicating with your leaders um, and that you're building those relationships within the organisation um, with other business leaders. And, you know, I think that, you know, because of, you know, driving results and being, you know, just results driven um, and being able to deliver, you know, I have a lot of credibility and, you know, I was given a lot of trust in the organisation, which, you know, I really appreciate. And so, you know, I got to the point where I believed that, you know, I was ready uh, for the CIO and CDIO role. And, you know, I was thinking about how did I want to, you know, really evolve my career to the next level. And I think, you know, I was lucky the opportunity presented itself at Mount Sinai at the right place and time, and I was able to take the opportunity. But I also think that, you know, with your career, you should stay open. Um, so, for example, um, for a long time, you know, I actually thought I was on a career trajectory to be a COO of a hospital. And, um, you know, what I got some advice actually about this and it was, you know, don't, pigeon, don't pigeonhole yourself um, into, you know, a COO track or a CIO track, you know, where the opportunity presents itself ultimately um, you know, you should, you should take it because, you know, you could do either. And, um, you know, I really enjoy being the CDIO and uh, Dean of Digital and Technology at Mount Sinai. It's really where I want to be. And, um, you know, I'm proud to be here. Yeah, no, again, another exclamation point on what you're sharing, because oftentimes, Organizations aren't looking internally, especially when they're thinking about the digital piece, they've been going external. And the fact that, they had you there, you know, was a blessing to both you and, and the organization. And you've been, like you shared, you know, very, a lot of wisdom in, in your last couple of minutes, they're speaking about building that, that brand, making sure that people know about you, uh, communicating, developing relationships, be credible through your work and your professionalism, open to new ideas and, and op- open to other opportunities. So that's really good. So, uh, you mentioned you changed your department name, or at least as I shared the name, um, you have changed the name of your department to Digital and Tech Partners. Can you share with us sort of the motivation behind uh, that? I think that, you know, with COVID, um, you know, everyone really understood the impact of technology on healthcare and, you know, it, how it's exponentially increased. And, you know, for me, You know, I've always been, you know, in the work that I've done, you know, with Epic and Transformation, you know, very integrated with the business. And, you know, the word, you know, information technology or IT, um, you know, there was, I think, a perception of, you know, work that is, you know, just data center focused or, you know, more infrastructure focused rather than um, the work that we actually do. 
And so, you know, with the name change and, you know, we engaged our teams and really thought about what made sense here. Um, You know, I think digital and technology partners better reflects and represents the vision, our values, culture, contributions, and, you know, the work that we do as department and as individuals. And it also represents how, you know, I would like, you know, others to perceive us. So agile and collaborative, customer-centric, innovative and proactive. And I think that it will also ultimately help us, you know, recruit and retain technology talent. And I know this is an ongoing challenge that everyone is experiencing. And, you know, I think it's also a step forward in the transformation journey um, that we need to lead and drive digital and technology initiatives across the health system and that we're in full alignment with the health system mission and goals at all times. Yeah, that's that's great. It makes a tremendous amount of sense. Let's let's talk about maybe one or two uh, initiatives that you're excited about that you can share, and then I want to flip into women in uh, in technology and healthcare. So, uh, is there like one or two things that you're super like proud of that that you're all doing with digital? Yeah, I think um, you know when we started looking at you know digital, you know we wanted to make sure that you know we had a vision uh, that you know we had an appropriate governance structure. And that, you know, we worked with, you know, our employees and also our patients and prospective customers to understand what our roadmap should be. And so we reimagined our entire digital strategy around how we wanted to be experience led. We wanted it to be equity based uh, that will improve uh, patient experience and bridge the digital divide and ultimately reduce cost of care. So our digital vision is that, you know, we digitally enable Mount Sinai as a preferred destination for our community and by anticipating needs to easily provide equitable and seamless experiences. And so in August 2021, um, our My Mount Sinai branded mobile app um, was launched and, you know, the amount of increases in terms of app activation and usage has increased um, exponentially. And, you know, even today I got a report that 76% of our patients are now using My Mount Sinai exclusively, you know, for um, digital scheduling, et cetera. And so I'm so excited about that. I think we've made a huge impact um, by changing the experience, um, you know, with the branded um, mobile app. And, You know, we also developed a pretty comprehensive roadmap um, in mid-2022, so focused on care navigation, virtual health, and enhanced digital scheduling experiences, as well as remote patient monitoring. So, you know, every quarter, you know, we're releasing, you know, products um, to ensure that, you know, the experiences are getting better. And, you know, we have, you know, interviews with prospective patients, as well as, Mount Sinai patients and, you know, really to get feedback on what their pain points are. And, you know, ultimately um, they look at the products that we're developing and giving us feedback. So I think having that experience led focus, you know, I'm pretty proud of. Um, I think it's a different mindset uh, than just, you know, putting out technology. Kristen, we're, we're only, you know, two thirds in and already gave us a masterclass on career 
and career development as well as digital. I mean, packed in there was like, you know, a great insights into how others might emulate, uh, you know, that success. I mean, that that rate of 70 some percent of engagement on your app, that that is definitely the highest I've ever heard by by a long shot. You, you all have a lot to be proud of. But I, I want to switch now because I know our audience wants to hear a lot about this, too. And that is women in digital and tech. And, and just general leadership. And, and you're a pioneer, right? You've been at this uh, 19 plus years, 19 at Mount Sinai, but as you as you shared, you were already doing leadership things uh, prior to that. But definitely in healthcare and, you know, as a, as a CIO, CDIO, uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Like, did, did, uh, did you encounter resistance that you had to overcome or, you know, Share some thoughts, again, from the point of view of a listener who might be, uh, I think it's good for both males and females, but females specifically, you know, thinking about, I want to be like her. Yeah, it's, you know, it's been a journey, (laughs) to say the least. Um, And it started when, you know, I went to college. Um, I was only one of two women uh, in the technology Mm. and law course. Um, You know, of course, when we, you know, went into, you know, pure law courses, there were you know, a lot more uh, women there, but, you know, we were the only two enrolled women in uh, the technology law degrees. Um, So, you know, and I was the only woman who obtained a CISO certification at Carnegie Mellon recently, um, quite a few, you know, a few years ago. So, you know, I'm very aware, um, you know, of being the, you know, one, only one in the room, um, you know, in the gender disparity in technology. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, it's at all stages in your career, I think that, you know, we've, you know, I've certainly experienced um, challenges, but, you know, finding the right place, um, you know, in the right, you know, employer, the right organization, the right culture, I think it's tremendously important. And I have to say, you know, Mount Sinai is a firm believer in equity. Um, you know, I I have a, you know, many women, um, you know, as leaders in my team, but as well as, you know, peers and also the president of Mount Sinai is a woman. And I've seen such an evolution and a change um, come about in the last few years. And so, you know, I remain hopeful. Yeah, and that's good advice too. You know, you got to think about the organization. How can we accelerate the getting more women leaders in healthcare tech? And and speaking to men like myself and other women, I mean, what what can we do proactively to make sure that doors open, people know about it? I think it all starts with the recruitment process, and you know, just being very intentional about having you know a diverse list of candidates to consider for new positions. And I know that. You know, especially in the infrastructure space, um, sometimes, you know, it, we get one resume, um, you know, that is, you know, a woman. But I think that you've got to go out and actively seek, um, you know, women to, you know, be recruited as part of, you know, these, these positions. Um, you know, I also think that, you know, for promotions, you know, making sure that, you know, we've got, you know, an inclusive review um, regarding that and also our new hire candidates, you know, we have to reduce gender bias. But again, it comes back to intentionality. So making yeah. sure that, you know, we're actively involved in the recruitment and promotion process to ensure that the process is free from unconscious bias 
is tremendously important. So I think leaders have to be involved. I think secondly, um, mentorship programs, and I developed a mentorship program uh, quite a few years ago in the department, and you know it's been very successful, um, and it's actually been adopted at you know the health system level at this point, and you know it's not specifically for women, um, but it also you know, we do have a track within there where, you know, it, it can say if a woman wants, you know, a female leader um, to work with as their mentor. And, you know, it provides, you know, a confidential and open channel um, to communicate around the challenges or being able to provide feedback around different issues and, you know, just empowering um, women to also, you know, take charge of their careers. So I personally mentor um, many, um, many women and have guided them on their career paths. And I'm very proud of that. And I also think internships, um, you know, you've, we've got a women specific technology internship. It's called Breakthrough Tech um, to help encourage women to continue their careers in technology and digital. I just think that, you know, there is a perception, you know, when you speak to, you know, high school um, students or even, you know, early um you know, women in college, you know, it's, there's a perception that technology is really around, you know, data centers or servers or networking. And it's really so much more. So I think a lot of it also is around education. Yeah, those are, you gave me like uh, five concrete things uh, that all of us uh, can do. So that's awesome. So I have so many more questions, but, you know, I'm going to be limited to one or two here as we sound sort of uh, around the corner. How do you stay current and keep an eye on the future? So obviously you have a big, big role and you've done an, an amazing job. How do you, you know, how do you do it and how do you know what's coming up and, you know, st- stay relevant? Yeah, basically? I think you've got to read the news every day. <laughs> so whether yeah. it's New York Times, Wall Street Journal, um, you've got to subscribe um you know, to technology, uh, you know, CIO forums, you know, business magazines, you've got to attend conferences, um, collaborate with other healthcare organizations and and leadership. You know, we have uh, the CIOs, um, you know, meet at least quarterly in the New York area, which is great. And, you know, I think cultivating, you know, other, um, you know, relationships, even outside of the New York area, of other CIOs that you can speak to. Um, and then continuing to invest in your education. I think that, you know, one of the areas, you know, that I'm focused on is just continuous learning and making sure that the team, you know, also, um, you know, have that quality. So for instance, last year, you know, I spent some time going to MIT and focused on blockchain. And this year I'm focused on AI. Um, so I'm going to some formal education around that. And, you know, again, um, you know, just, I think, you know, focusing on continuous improvement, um, reading books, uh, it's important. So I know you're also a mother. And so how do you charge uh, your batteries and, you know, remain fresh and, you know, live the integrated or balanced life, however you might describe it? I mean, it? it's so important to not be burnt out. And um, look, the line between personal and work, I mean, it definitely gets blurred at times. And, 
you know, it's a struggle, uh, especially with the peak of COVID, um, not just for me, but for, you know, many of my team members in the organization. But, you know, I've tried to be more structured about designating time um, that, you know, I'm not checking and sending email uh, constantly and, you know, trying to schedule time off. Um, you know, I, I try not to email my team on the weekend unless it's, you know, a crisis or, you know, we've got downtime or, you know, something, you know, eventful has occurred. Um, but I think scheduling time off, you've got to focus on your own well-being, but, you know, also your family. Um, you know, your family is so important. And, you know, I think that, you know, I encourage my leadership team to do this. And, you know, I know that we, we all encourage our teams to do the same. It's not easy. Um, yeah. But, you know, I definitely think that, you know, making sure that people have time to recharge is extremely important. So in the last uh, 29 minutes, uh, Kristen, we covered like su super big areas, not just music that came out of Australia, but career is like solid advice too, because I number them all as I'm taking notes here. It's just solid things on career, on digital, on women in healthcare and um, different things that can do and how we can help as leaders um, help them to advance and have equal opportunity. Talked about life, uh, talked about remaining fresh. Is there something I missed or something we talked about that you want to double down on? I'll give you the last word. Yeah, I think just developing relationships in the organization. I just, I can't emphasize enough how important it is, especially if you want to grow within your current organization. And you know, these people can be advocates for your career growth and they can provide, you know, support and guidance and really sponsor you. So just, you know, making sure that you're, you know, cultivating, you know, an identity or an image that resonates with others and being authentic. Um, and it's a bi-directional relationship, so it shouldn't be transactional. Uh, I think that, you know, the idea is not just to take but to give and developing those mutually trusting relationships uh, is so important and trust is the basis of all relationships. And I think people don't pay enough attention to this. Yeah. Kristen, this has been amazing. I'm, I'm refreshed, uh, like as a leader, uh, and, and I know that it'll be a, an inoculation, you know, of sorts of, uh, of encouragement to others that are listening, uh, and just full of great ideas, you know, that, that will be helpful to so many people. So I, I, I personally appreciate Kristen, how you've been an influencer in my life. And I thank you for that. And thank you for being on digital voices and sharing so freely of yourself. Thank you, Ed. It was fantastic to catch up with you. All right. This wraps up another edition of digital voices. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to digital voices podcast with Ed Marks. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on your preferred streaming service and leave a rating and review. And most importantly, thanks again for listening.